Hey, coconuts. Yeah, recently a lot of news, a lot of things happening. Even HDB has some new news. I was quite like shocked. Like, oh, wow. Now, now they came out with something new. So that's pretty cool. And uh, they're going to discriminate essentially prime location housing and everyone else. So they decided to ring fence what is considered prime location and give it a whole new set of arrangement for its BTO and thereafter MOP situation. So in other words, um, if you decide to get a house going forward in the prime location or HDB in the prime location, uh, you will have a different playing field. You will have a different set of rules compared to everyone else that get the HDB flats out of the prime location. So yeah, it is a sign of some new things coming. A lot of things will be changing going forward. And I just want to take this time today to update you what is the situation like and what are some things that I feel uh, we should all recognize going forward, right? The game has changed, right? The playing field has changed. And uh, there are some things that I hope we can internalize uh, as soon as possible. So welcome back. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard. But now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Good morning, everyone. I welcome you to another day with the Financial Coconut. In our podcast, we're debunking financial myths, discovering best financial practices, and discussing financial strategies that fits our unique life. You get it. Ultimately, empowering us to create a life we love while managing our finances well. And my name is Reggie, your host. And today, we're going to spend some time to get ourselves updated on the new PLH, Prime Location Housing HDB rules. And how does it affect you? What does it mean for us? Okay, so new rules are out. Ministry of National Development has updated uh, this whole new initiative, or should I say initiative? Initiative a bit light. Like, this whole new rules <laughs> in the HDB ecosystem uh, where they will start to segregate what is considered prime location okay, and every other location. Uh, so essentially, all of you that don't live in prime location, you're considered not prime. <laughs> <laughs> just, just kidding, just kidding. But yes, prime location will probably be like Rochor, you know, maybe Queenstown. Uh, we will get a little bit more clarity as to what is considered prime location going forward. But Rochor is definitely in the name. Also, uh, the Great Southern Waterfront, which is essentially the whole Vivo City area, Harbourfront area, right? Because the port is shifting. The whole port is going to shift to Tuas, if you don't yet know, right? So uh, yes, the whole, the whole... Marina Bay, Harbourfront area, the whole port, all the way, I think, all the way until Pasir Panjang Food Centre, the whole area is going to shift. And after they shift, what they're going to do, it's not just going to be there, right? After they shift, they're going to be building a lot of property development uh, in that part of town, right? So with that, uh, clearly it is showing a sign that HDB will be participating also in some of those developments. So um, once again, anchoring itself as this idea of like, oh, you know, we don't just want private property in the great southern waterfront. We want to um, allow Singaporeans affordable access, blah, 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 right? So in other words, um, the government still wants to build some of its development, maybe more along the lines of Duxton Hill, not like your, <laughs> not like Tengah, you know, or like, or like, 
or like Tampines or something like that. So more along the lines of Duxton Hill, which is a huge development in Tanjong Paga, uh, HDB will probably lead some of this development in the Great Southern Waterfront. So in other words, with all these uh, new places in town, uh, the prime location, quote-unquote, HDB is going to build some of these things and the government wants to have a discriminated uh, policy for prime location and non-prime. So what is the discriminated policy for all the flats going forward? Okay, so it does not affect the old flats. Uh. So if you already own it, hang, uh, hang on you. Uh. You've already got it. It's not going to affect uh, your, your situation. But for all the BTOs going forward, all the new flats that are coming out, um, you need to occupy for 10 years, right? So for all the current flats, out there, all the BTOs, um, actually there's a five-year occupancy, minimum occupancy period. I know Singapore, a lot of acronyms. Huh? So MOP, five years before you can sell it out in the open market and then you can encash whatever you want to encash or you can shift to another place or, or whatever. I know some people have a different different strategies to, to do this thing. All right? so, so that is that. Uh, but for prime location housing going forward, so Rochog, Southern Waterfront, Queenstown, I don't know where else, it will be a 10-year. So when you buy that BTO, you have to wait a few years for the BTO to come out, maybe four or five years. And then you got to wait another 10 years before you can sell the property. Yeah? So think about it. It's going to be a 15-year wait before you can sell your first property. And we're going to talk about this slightly later. We're going to expand. What does it mean for all of us? Okay. Also, for all the new flats in this area, you cannot rent out the whole flat. You can only rent out extra rooms. The current practice out there for all the flats and all is after five years, after MOP of five years, you can actually rent out the whole flat, right? You can rent out the whole flat and uh, you can collect a rental and be a landlord like, if that's what you want. Uh, but for all the new flats coming in, uh, in the prime location housing area, even after the 10 years of MOP, the extended MOP, you still cannot rent out the whole thing. You can only rent out rooms, Okay. Also, well, a lot of things are. Huh? Also, for all of you new buyers, we all get some sort of subsidies, right? So you get extra subsidies, whether is it uh, close to your parents, you get certain subsidies. First time flat, you get subsidies, blah, blah, blah. You know, all sorts of different subsidies. I will not go into them today. Right? It's not the focus. But all your prime location housing flats, um, if you sell it, you have to give back the subsidies, right? So finally, right? For a long time, people say, oh yeah, you know, sell already also have to give back. Actually, no. Before that, when you sell your flat, you don't need to give back your subsidies. It's just that most of the subsidies end up in your CPF account because a lot of people buy with their CPF money, right? But you actually didn't need to give back the money. The money is still yours. It's just in your CPF account. I know, I know, a bit iffy, but that is the reality. The money is yours, technically. It's just not in cash in your hands, okay? If you use CPF to buy the flats, okay? That's a story for another day. But for all these PLH houses, prime location housing houses, you have to pay back the extra subsidies uh, if you're a first-time buyer. So when you sell it, you have to claw it back, okay? So government will take back your subsidies, huh? Important to know. And also, once again, um, single people are being discriminated. Uh, very sad. You cannot buy all these flats going forward. <laughs> Regardless, okay? Because by right under the single scheme, you can actually own whatever flat you want in the resale market. But with this discriminated situation, all the new flats, so all the old ones you still can buy, okay? Let's get it clear. So you can still buy your Teloblanca, you can still buy your Rocho, you can buy your Queenstown, whatever. All the old flats, all the single people you still can buy. But going forward, all the new flats that are coming out under this PLH scheme, singles can never get 
get it. Okay, so very sad lah. Huh? So uh, once again, it's a tax on the single trying to get you to settle down, marry, and and uh, have kids, and you know, uh, same idea. Okay, so always always getting discriminated lah, in the HDB ecosystem. Yep, so that pretty much sums up uh, the latest information of what is out there. I'm sure as we go along, uh, HGB will come up with more clarity as to uh, what is actually happening, which areas are considered prime and which areas are not prime and you know uh, what are the kind of suite of flats uh, coming out. Okay, so um, all, all, that, all that is that. I think what is important is to rethink how all these things are fundamentally changing our game plan, right? So now that I've updated you all the features, I want to know, I want to make it clear that I will be speaking to our predominant audience, which is um, the millennials. So you may have recently gotten a flat. Uh, you may have finally gotten your BTO, okay? Or you may be on... Uh, the crux of getting your own flat, right? So you are you are tethering on the side. So okay, finally, you know, maybe I can get my own flat now. Right? So, so all that jazz, 80% of Singaporeans live in flats. So I won't be surprised if most of you guys um, got your own flat or planning to get your own flat recently uh, or recently got your own flat, right? So I'm only speaking to this bunch of people. For everyone else, whether you're a close retiree or, or you have multiple properties, um, you know, some of these things that I'm going to share uh, may not affect you all together, okay? So... What I think all these measures come together, what are, the, what are some of the things that, uh, what, what, what does it mean for us right, with all these new measures and the changing landscape in what HDB has? Um, I think the first thing that a lot of us need to recognize is HDB no longer will be your share of progress. This is important, yeah? Uh, for a very, very long time, for a very, very long time, Guan Yu and uh, his all his... Uh, people in his legacy have talked about HDB as a share of progress. In other words, um, if you're a homeowner at Singapore Progress, you get to get a piece of that pie through capital appreciation in the property market, right? in, the, in the housing market. And then after that, there was a whole uh, redevelopment kind of promise where they will you know, refurbish old flats and, and all that. So that one already came down. Lawrence Wong came out saying, 99 years, we will take it back. Not every flat will get refurbished. That's one thing. And uh, also, because of that, the market has kind of vividly recognized, oh yeah, this 99 years real one, nah, not just say say. Ah. So, <laughs> so I think that is extremely important. And with that, uh, you start to see that HDB will no longer be your share of progress. I think this is important. Okay, And um, if you ask me, is this uh, a good thing or not so much a good thing? Uh, it's hard. Lah. Okay, honestly, it's very hard because what's the situation? The situation is a lot of old people have their wealth tied up in their flats. So if you have very drastic price mechanisms um, that try to dampen the prices too much, a lot of them will lose a lot of their retirement money, right? So all their 300,000 tied up in their flats will essentially uh, get wiped out. Lah. So, so then there will be social problems, right? For, for a lot of retirees. And for the younger people, if prices continue to stay very, very, very high, um, then we are going to continue to be priced out of the market because our wages are not flying up as high. Okay, or at least it has not changed as much. So the whole the old story of you know share of progress worked in the past. Okay, I think for a lot of the older generation, they have definitely benefited from uh, this share of progress. I would say even my parents' generation, uh, my parents are about fifty, so they're not that old. Um, they got their flat in the nineteen nineties. I would even say that they still were priced in. 
right, to a lot of this uh, whole share of progress idea. Um, flats back then were a like hundred over thousand, and you could sell it at four or five hundred thousand. You know, after after like 10, 20 years, right? And I would say even some of the younger people that have gotten some of the more prime location flats before they were called prime location, like the Tanjong Baga area. <laughs> you know, uh, some of them did make money even even all the way up to the two thousands. But going forward, um, HDB is showing very clear um, signs. Okay, I stand corrected. Uh, I, I'm not speaking on behalf of HDB. I've been trying to tell them to come on the podcast. So um, I'm going to use my platform to pressure them further. So if you listen to today's episode, please go and tag them on Instagram, tag them somewhere, tell them to come on the show to tell us what is the future of HDB. Okay, I, I think that's important. And I've been trying to get them on. I know they are going to uh, a little bit of an issue. It's a bit hard for them. Like, okay, so so it's, it's not unique to us. They don't go on many platforms to talk, but I hope they can talk more and share with us. What is our future, right? What is their plan for, for all of us? All right, but I stand corrected, but my view of things is HDB internally has decided that, yeah, we are not going to allow this kind of crazy prices for moving up and up and up. All right, so with that, they will continue to have new dampening measures to try to suppress the price uh, growth over the years. Um, I am pretty sure about this. You can tell uh, whether is it this prime location housing, ABSD, you know, um, all the additional policies and whatever you are all, you know, aim at dampening HDB prices. Okay, also uh, also uh, private property, of course, you know, but definitely the focus is on dampening HDB prices so that it can continue to kind of stay affordable for everybody that's trying to enter the market um, or the new home owners that I'm talking to and also not uh, depress the market so much that it affects the retirees with a lot of wealth um, stuck in uh, or tied up in HDB flats. Okay, so I think that is the, that's the limbo situation that they have. But you can tell heavy measures are coming in and they will continue to have more and more um, targeted measures to make sure prices do not grow as much. So yeah, HDB will no longer be our share of progress. Uh, we need to go somewhere else to look at other ways to make money like, essentially, right? If we want to ride on the growth of the country, we want to ride on the growth of um, our future and, and all that, then we cannot think of HDB like how our parents look at HDB, you know, like buy HDB, then you can grow, grow, grow and, you know, become very wealthy, um, you know, try to get your flat ASAP, you know, that kind of things, right? So with this realization, I think uh, for a lot of us, we need to move away from this idea of you know owning a flat to to become extremely vested in the country's growth and um, as a means of accumulating wealth and and all that right so to me I think I think it's something to be updated I'm not definitely saying that oh you know you cannot own a flat blah 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 you know I think you should own it as a form of housing as a place to live and stay and and what have you but uh, yeah like, it's quite hard like, guys right really really if you know if property prices go up to like hundred thousand like a like a million dollars or like you know eight hundred thousand or, or what have you for for four or five room kind of flat there'll be riots on the ground like, right <laughs> it's just too expensive for a lot of people people will be very unhappy um, especially when wages are not growing as fast so with that I do think yeah, there's something to be updated. You know, uh, our parents will teach us a lot of things and sometimes they do teach us based on their experience. But I would say um, it's hard, okay? I would say it's hard. I, I, I stand corrected, okay, because we're predicting the future. I'm not sure exactly what's going to happen. Uh, but I do think HDB will, uh, could be a home, but no longer a share of progress, okay? 
Point number two, what does it mean for all of us um, is that the property market, the demand for the property is actually quite strong, you know, right? So I think this is a realization that we should have, right? So realizing that the property market, the demand is strong, actually REITs is quite a good exposure. And we'll talk a little bit more afterward from our sponsor. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard. But now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Okay, coconuts, let's be real, okay? If the property prices, the property demand is not strong, there will be no need for dampening measures. Huh? <laughs> I think this is something important that a lot of us need to recognize. So the property demand is, uh, is, is huge, it's strong, and supply is probably not catching up. That's why uh, prices will, will keep, keep moving upward. Okay, of course, supply demand is very basic in trying to understand this, uh, but we cannot deny that demand is strong, okay? Or, or some level demand is strong, which is why it's, you cannot use, um, <laughs> okay, attention a bit, uh, which is why it's very cute when the US uh, pundits keep saying, oh, the China property market is dying, China property market is dying. But if you look at what the Chinese legislators have uh, executed, right? they have tried dampening measures, they have built in dampening measures uh, with all the kind of control on mortgages, control on leverage, and the demand is too hot. Right? So in other words, the underlying demand is very, very strong. Um, that even market measures like this, you know, that they have executed, has not successfully dampened um, their market situation. Okay? So, so that's, that's a whole different discussion another time. But if we bring it back to Singapore, remember that if a government needs to set dampening measures, that means the underlying demand is strong. Okay? We cannot lie to ourselves. Huh? For whatever reason, it's very strong. Okay, uh, I do think I I, I predict like, Okay, or at least I hypothesize that why the market demand is very strong is because we are bringing in a lot of foreign wealth, right? So over the past five years, there's been a whole growth of the family office, right? So hundreds of family offices have opened up. Family offices essentially are all the wealthy people, right? Like you know, um, your high lao boss. You know, I think Mark Zuckerberg has family office here. Eduardo Severin has family office here. So a lot of the wealthiest people have set up family offices in Singapore. Okay, so they brought their wealth here, and when they bring their wealth here, it needs to go somewhere, right? So. <laughs> Inevitably, I think it will be in the property market. Okay, so with that, uh, with some wealth in the property market, uh, it will push up property prices. So the underlying demand is strong. But you ask me then, how how does because these guys cannot buy HDB, right? How does that affect HDB prices, right? So you need to understand how HDB is being priced. In the past, HDB was priced at cost price plus a premium. That was very long ago, uh, like your great-grandparents' generation or your grandparents' generation, when, they, when HDB first started. It was a cost price to build plus a premium. That was how flat prices were being priced. 
But after that, it changed, right? So it changed to land value plus discount. Okay, land value plus a discount. Huh? Okay, you hear that, right? So in other words, based on the land value that is being that is underneath this land, that is the basis of pricing. Then you add a discount, right? So if a lot of all these foreign wealth are coming in to beat up the property prices, all the new development will become more expensive because the land prices will become higher. Okay, so if I'm a developer, I develop plot A and wow, the demand is very high, prices are going up. I can build I can develop plot B, which is next to plot A, and I wouldn't mind paying higher for the land price because I know the demand is strong. I can charge more for plot B development. And everybody thinks like that. So they're gonna bid up the land sale. Right? So the land prices comes up. And with that, the land value, you know, comes up, right? And then with that last transacted land price, everybody around the area, all their land value goes up, right? Because it's a reference point. Right. So in other words, if this land now becomes more expensive because the property prices, the private property prices come up, land value come up, uh, it affects the HDB prices because HDB's pricing mechanism now is land value plus a discount. Okay, so, so I think that is something that uh, we need to recognize. Uh, that's why HDB prices uh, will keep moving up from an economics point of view, mathematical point of view, but also uh, from, a, from an experiential point of view, lah, right? If, if, if around you, um, all, all the condos around you are at this price, the HDBs naturally, people will transact a little bit higher, especially with the locals, right? So um, that's a whole long story that we can keep expanding. Or if you could check out our other podcast called Coconut Avenue, I'm planning season two. Uh, we are producing it in, in currently so uh, that you can get a lot of information about the property market. And we are thinking of making a weekly podcast. So if you love property, you want to you know, become a good property investor, not just in Singapore, but around the world, let us know and uh, I'll be more incentivized to develop Coconut Avenue into a weekly kind of podcast. Okay, so like I said, demand for property is high in Singapore is strong. Okay, stay strong. So REITs is a great exposure, okay? In, in my view, right? If you want to get some sort of uh, exposure in the property market, I think REITs is something that we should all really look at, right? Because as land value moves up, what happens is all these property, all these big property uh, REITs, right? They have their property value move up also, and then they can circulate the capital, right? So they can sell out the property, they can recircle the, the capital and buy new property, or the whole REIT will get elevated. The net asset value of this REIT will, will move up. In interestingly, it moves up, right? Just because there's capital appreciation of the underlying property. Although I vividly did talk about how when a property developer sells their property to a REIT, like let's say Capital Land REIT or like a Sanders REIT or Maple Tree REITs, their property has limited upside potential in terms of capital appreciation already. Okay, so you please go and check out the other episode, the, the earlier episodes where we talk about REITs, you know, three things you need to learn, you know, when it comes to REIT investing or to level up your REIT investing game. I remember I did it like many, many episodes ago. So please go and check that out. And uh, yeah, go and learn a little bit more about capital recycling, what really happens in the REIT market, you know, what, what are the REITs really trying to do for the business? What is their interest? Okay, but with that being said, because property demand is strong, the, the whole activity will be very powerful. Uh, I do think REITs is a great place to get some sort of exposure in the property market, which is why I say, okay, HDB may no longer be our share of progress, but we can always look to other places uh, to get that progress and probably more in the REIT space and more in the, the equity space uh, would probably be a little bit better for, for, for our generation. I know some people are looking at crypto and uh, okay, maybe not some, like, I think I'm probably the most boomer one around. <laughs> We're planning a crypto show, but 
yeah, I do think a lot of people are looking at crypto. I am still a little bit iffy. I will share with you my views down the road. But uh, yeah, I would say, you know, maybe look at REITs as your share of the property progress in Singapore. Which brings me to point number three, and that is this PLH situation or scheme, right? Prime Location Housing Scheme may end up disrupting non-prime location property prices too. Okay, so... This is uh, important, right? I think for a lot of us, you know, that are not full-time investors, still learning, we always think like, oh, you know, this only affects other people, does not affect us. Okay, it only affects other people, does not affect us, right? Because I, I'm not living in Prima, right? <laughs> but actually, this is what we call a market disruptor, right? So based on the market, uh, the market has an equilibrium in terms of the pricing that it wants to reach. But, there are policies, there are, there are all these new things that will come in to disrupt the, the market mechanism, right? So to limit its, its uh, pricing abilities and, and all that, right? So when you put in something like that into the property market, it will shake up everybody, not just people in the prime location housing. It may be that along the prime location housing border... <laughs> Right, so let's say like they, they circle Queenstown as the prime location housing, right? Then maybe Commonwealth is not part of prime location. Then that prices over the area may, may move up because they are just on the edge of prime location housing. Right, so um, a, a lot of these things can happen. I'm not here to try to predict, but I want to bring out this specific point for all of us to be aware that, you know, it, there may be uh, quote-unquote desired or undesired consequences in other parts of the property market also. So this is open for us to um, kind of keep understanding and keep observing. So for a lot of uh, you that are thinking about your property plan, I personally will feel that all these being said, we should recognize that HDB is a social housing scheme and you should focus on trying to find a property that fits your style, fits your thing and uh, it's affordable for you rather than trying to play the whole property investment lottery game. Right, which which uh, Desmond Lee specifically said it, right? The minister said uh, we want to avoid lottery and blah blah blah. So I think it's I think it's important, right? And and that is a clear sign of what the government is wanting to do. The government of the day they want to they want to do that, which I actually support. I don't think social housing should become a lottery situation where people just bid up, and you know you know it, it causes more and more uh, inequality, and and the younger people get priced out of the of the public housing structure okay but i would say i would say desmond desmond if you're listening uh, i hope you stop discriminating singles <laughs> there'll be a lot of singles uh, going forward people are getting married later and later right so uh, you really need to revisit this idea of a uh, single discrimination uh? so so <laughs> you can tag him also tag him okay i hope i hope he he listens to this but generally the idea will be will be intact right where instead of trying to find the next big property boom in the hdb space Focus on finding what is affordable to you, uh, what is a space that you can enjoy staying, right? So I would say Tengah looks like a nice place. Just saying, just saying, guys, Tengah looks like a nice place. Uh, I know HDB is struggling to sell Tengah flats. So HDB can look for us, uh, I, I can get sponsored. Uh, but but <laughs> Tengah looks like a nice place because it's the development is interesting, right? It's going to be low carbon, it's going to be... Um, 
you know, the way they're built is, is for walking, for cycling, and it's near the, the quote-unquote the forest. And it's quite near Woodlands, right? Quite near the, the checkpoint, right? So I think, I think it's, a, it's a good place to, to be around, right? Especially when in the future, more and more people can work from home and continue to be digital, even though you may or may not live on the island. Uh, but I do think the kind of proximity to town is not as important anymore going forward. Okay, so uh, HDB, uh, shout out, uh, you need sponsor, need ambassador, you can look for us. Okay, so for all of you listening, please tag them. Uh, you listen to you here already, you must tag them so that they can come on our interview and Desmond can address this whole single problem. So yeah, I hope you learned something interesting today about the latest updates of PLH, you know, HDB's latest scheme, but also at the same time, how a lot of us, the millennial generation, how should we look at HDB and uh, how, how can we play uh, this whole HDB game? Okay, so uh, I'm going to sum up with the three points. Number one is HDB will no longer be our share of progress, quote-unquote. Um, not like our parents, not like our grandparents. Uh, you will not see HDB prices move up in that kind of drastic fashion. The government has shown um, their determination to depress HDB prices. And let us not forget about the accrued interest back into your CPF, you know, the kind of interest rates on on your HDB mortgages and all that, right? So uh, that's a long story for another time, but generally the idea is what I'm trying to push here is HDB will not be your pot of gold, you know, for you to like, ooh, you know, make, make a lot of money out of it, right? So it will continue to be a housing policy where a lot of us will be housed in, in the HDB ecosystem, but uh, maybe not our shot to wealth, uh, our pot of gold, okay? Number two is the property market is still very strong in terms of the demand. That's why they need a lot of dampening measures. So instead of uh, being part of it, if let's say you feel like, ah, oh, it's not your thing, I think we could always get great exposure through the re market, right? Because um, fundamentally, the, the when you own a REITs, you're owning the underlying properties, right? So with that, uh, it, it helps. Like, it, it, it's always a great place to, to be in, in my view, okay? Uh, I mean, we've talked about REITs extensively. I don't want to talk about it again. But because property uh, demand is strong, I think the REITs will continue to do pretty well in Singapore as an investment vehicle, right? And point number three is that this prime location housing may not just disrupt prime location. It may disrupt everywhere else. So prices will fluctuate and you need to give the markets time to internalize this dynamic situation. So don't be in a rush to make your moves. Um, and also, don't just just try to find a place that you can afford like, and a place that you like, like right? I, I would think that is more important. So focus on location, focus on affordability, uh, less so about proximity to town and and all that. Okay, so life is changing. Life in Singapore is changing. Life in the world is changing. So I hope for a lot of us uh, young millennials, either getting a flat or recently got a flat or planning to get a flat. I hope you are updated and. Uh, have a clearer game plan for your future. So I hope you learned something useful today. See ya. Hey, I hope you learned something useful today and truly appreciate that you took time off to better your life with the financial coconut. Knowledge is that much more powerful and interesting when shared, debated and discussed. Join our community telegram group Follow us on our social, sign up for a weekly newsletter. We are doing a weekly newsletter reboot. We are going to have a lot of information within the newsletter. Everything is in the description below. And if you love us and want to help us grow, definitely share the podcast with your friends and on your socials. Also, if you have any interesting thoughts you want to share or you know someone that we would like to hear from, reach out to us through hello at thefinancialcoconut.com. With that, have a great day ahead. Stay tuned next week. And always remember, personal finance can be chill, clear and sustainable for all.
Wow, a lot of things are being updated uh, recently. So uh, we I planned a lot of episodes, but it keeps getting pushed back because of all these new updates, right? So I I, I think it's it's interesting. And okay, I and I mean it, uh, you should tag HDB on today's episode, right? Because I think uh, I I think they need to come on and share a little bit more. I, I know they have updated some of their development plans, like the whole communal living uh, situation. Some of the newer developments in Pongo looks very nice and all that, right? So they are staying relevant in terms of how they build flats and all that. But I hope that they can have a little bit more media presence to talk about like what is what is the future of housing like in Singapore? What is the kind of uh, life for Singaporeans going, going uh, in, into the future? Rather than let just the property agent and the kind of uh, property sellers and and all that dominate the discussion right so it's it's not about it's not about it's not about like yeah you know they, they need to come and talk lah, right so there are more more voices and and there's more perspective uh, being thrown out there right so i think that is extremely important so tag them tell them hey come on our show <laughs> right and uh, push them a little bit huh? so that's good so yeah um I hope you learned something useful for, for HTP. Uh, for next week, here next week, uh, I've succumbed to global pressure. I've succumbed to the internet's pressure. Uh, I've actually recorded an episode about the NOC saga. Okay, Not, not in the sense of uh, trying to take my position on what's happening, but I think there's a lot of communication lessons that we can learn from the NOC saga. And I've recorded it. Right? But instead of pushing it out uh, this week, I will be pushing out next week because I think this PLH situation is more important. So hopefully, uh, hopefully by next week, people still want to listen to the NOC saga. Hopefully. Uh. Uh, but yes, it's, it's not about the saga itself. It's really about communication lessons that we all can learn from to become better communicators because a lot of people, when they talk about personal finance, they talk about it it's in a way where, oh, you need to communicate with your partner, you need to negotiate with your family and, and all those things, right? So how do you go about doing it and some core ideas that it's very underexplored um, in the idea market out there today. Right? So I hope you learn something useful and don't just drown in saga. Huh? Okay, take care guys.